0: You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey.
1: And I'm Chris. This show is about our marriage, our money,
0: and the stuff that matters. Hey, husband. Hello. On this episode, we're talking health, which you could use some of right now. No shit. (laughs) Chris is suffering from horrible allergies.
1: Thanks, climate change.
0: (laughs) This is like the worst, the worst allergies that you've probably ever, that I've ever seen you with this year seasonal allergies.
1: I'm a mucal faucet listeners. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay, Um, so we know health is a big, broad topic, and there's lots of different ways we could go with this, but um, we thought we'd kind of get into health in terms of um, how we think about health, how we quote-unquote fund our health, how we support each other in our healthy pursuits, and even how we're trying to model health for our kids. So first, let's catch up on life and money lately.
1: How was your life?
0: Um, life is good. Um, I have been what I feel like is maybe almost like kind of a, I don't know, not quite a new like phase or chapter, but I've just been feeling this intense pull for simplifying. Mm -hmm. I have already felt that in terms of our, our physical, our possessions and like our home environment. And we've done a lot to kind of declutter and simplify. I think Mm -hmm. we've talked about that before, but um yeah, I am just I think because really over the past 4 years I really do feel like it almost started with having a baby, you know. That oh, was yeah. just like a big a big, you know, kind of obligation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um that we, you know, took on or suddenly um were faced with. Um yeah, it's just it's just been a lot of adding things to my plate and lately I have been just feeling like I want to kind of declutter and take some obligation. Yeah. Um, you've taken
1: life's broom and you're sweeping out the figurative (laughs) task clutter from our house. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Yes. I'm on drugs people. So, okay. (laughs) Uh, what about
0: you? What's going on with you lately besides your horrible allergies?
1: Oh, it's hard to think past that, but, um, life is good. Otherwise it's not too, too bad. I just, I, I, I'm, I've got it barely under control, but I'm going to go see an allergist, which will come up later in this episode, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to try to take care of it. Because in fact, I guess due to the mild winter here in Arizona, plus the um, early spring setting in, it's just like the worst oh, allergy season. It's like a season. perfect storm. Yeah, in many, many years. So <clears throat> I'm enjoying that. But aside from that, life is good. Um, our kids are interesting right now because right now they're they'll go for like spans of time where they're just like intensely happy. Cedric is this super happy go lucky kid, but he's also into his twos and and is like getting into more emotional mm-hmm. tantrums and things. And Dashiell has hit this like much more mature stage, but he's also got insane growing pains going. Mm-hmm. He's just like shooting like
0: literal up. literal growing pains. Yeah. yeah.
1: And um and so we've got this really wildly emotional house right now where yeah. on the turn of a what is it? turn of a dime? flip I think of so. a penny, whatever. <laughs> Moments, moment to moment, the kids will go from like loving it, having a great time running around to just like a mess. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was thinking about this. I don't think we've really realized it, but the amount of emotional strife we've been dealing with Mm -hmm. each day, Mm -hmm. I think is actually really amped up and we've kind of forgotten like at some point we'll probably, yeah, and that (laughs) will kind of calm down, but it's just a bunch of things happening at once. Yeah. And so... Cedric will be screaming, Dash will be hurting, I'll be sneezing. it'll just be a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're trying to eat dinner, yeah, yeah, but aside from that um you they know.
0: are they are sleeping like f- fair for the most part really, really well.
1: I'll take that and I'll, that's
0: been really amazing. I mean, I just yeah. I think that I kind of will forget, and then I will kind of think back to how the sleep used to be, mm-hmm. and just now that we can count on a sp- a bedtime between six thirty and seven, easy bedtimes mm-hmm. for the most like, like eighty to ninety percent of the time sleeping through the night, yeah. sleeping until five fifty until their clocks light up. It's really, really amazing.
1: It is Trey, awesome.
0: Yes. Um,
1: uh, aside from that, we we've talked about taxes in the past, but of course,
0: they but of course they come around every year. <laughs> yeah,
1: they recur. We found. <laughs> So, um, it is tax season and, yep. and we were doing our taxes. Um, and I knew hold
0: on. what is happening. Chris is like
1: <laughs> either, either there's pulling a hair back stuck, and
0: pulling back and looking at the mic.
1: I can't tell if there's a hair stuck in like the foamy thing that covers the uh-huh. mic or if it's one of my outer nose hairs that's getting caught. In the
0: <laughs> <laughs> you would get your outer nose hair caught on the mic.
1: I grow one or two that I try to manage, but I grow one or two hairs on the tip of my nose. Um,
0: I feel like this is getting really personal.
1: I I don't have any filters. I'm on heavy drugs, folks, <laughs> right now. Let's get back to the taxes. Okay. Um, anyway, taxes occurred, and if you listen to our episodes, you'll know that I was I was monkeying with our W-4s to try to work it out so that we paid very little, or the least amount month to month in taxes that are withheld, so that we'd hopefully end up with no return, but then also no like liability to the, right, to the right. government. I kind of blew it. Hmm. And the reason that I did is we actually ended up making more money this year than last year. And all my estimates based on last year were therefore off. Okay. And so we ended up owing a fair amount of money to the government. Yes. Um, but here's the interesting thing. And I'm just going to mention this. And, I'm, and I'm,
0: what like, are you going to say what we what we owed? Because oh, yeah, yeah. it's not like thousands of dollars.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to mention that in a second. Okay. But just uh, the point of this, though, is that we... I use a software every year to do our taxes and I've always used TaxSlayer just because I randomly chose it like eight years ago and have used it ever since. Um, After running TaxSlayer, we had a over $1,500 bill to Mm -hmm. the federal government, which, you know, I've never had that before. And I wasn't convinced that I messed up my estimations (laughs) Mm -hmm. through the year. And so I was having trouble grappling with that, so I actually decided to go ahead and buy another software just to compare and see if things came out equivalently. Mm-hmm. So we got TurboTax, mm-hmm. and I ran—I mean, all the same stuff—but mm-hmm. somehow it came out three hundred dollars less. So now we owe the federal government twelve hundred, mm-hmm. like twelve twenty or something mm-hmm. like that. So I am not quite sure what the difference is. I haven't gone through exhaustively to figure it out, mm-hmm. but it's probably worth it if you if you just sort of by default stuck to one software or another. It might be worth looking into using a different software just for comparison, even yeah. though it might cost you 40, 50 bucks to do the other yeah. one. Hmm. Um, one interesting thing about TurboTax that I never knew because I never used it before this year is that it will automatically pull, like if you have tax documents in like Fidelity or, you know, investment oh, accounts and things, right. if you give it, you know, mm-hmm. access to your accounts, it will automatically pull the tax, tax documents those organizations That's, generate for you. That
0: sounds pretty nice. Yeah,
1: and then auto-populate the the, you know, the mm-hmm. types of forms that you need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's actually really cool um, and it saved us money. So I am now a TurboTax convert. Okay.
0: <laughs> and so maybe we could just say, a, uh, like, very quickly. So uh, we do our own taxes, mm-hmm. and that a, a couple of reasons. I mean, one, our taxes right now are just still very straightforward. Like they don't they don't seem very complicated.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not because we don't have like businesses and real estate investments right. and things. I mean, we do actually do have businesses, but um, but it's not there. There aren't a lot of.
0: It's not complicated.
1: Yeah, there's just you know we do itemize our deductions, so mm-hmm. there's thought about that, and we do have credits and things that we can take advantage of, and mm-hmm. so there's compilation of some some data and information. But it's really you're right; it's not like insanely yeah. difficult to yeah.
0: do. Yeah, and. Um, you have always been very motivated to do our taxes. Often yes. we've been getting <laughs> a return, so you're really <laughs> motivated about that. And then so... um you've just done them year to year. Mm -hmm. So you have the confidence, like you kind of know what you're doing. Um, So I was just kind of thinking, you know, if someone was going to ask us, well, would you recommend doing your taxes on your own or having someone do them? I think it just depends on your situation. I mean, certainly now there are the software programs, you know, make it just about as easy as it can be prompting you and whatnot. But
1: so yeah, so if you have regular pay, if you have contract pay, if you have investments in real estate or investments in brokerage accounts, um, even if you have your own business, like small business kind of thing, mm-hmm. most of that stuff I think is not easily, but you know, fairly well managed with a software mm-hmm. package. You just have to buy the the right software package with the, mm-hmm. like TurboTax, the most expensive package is a small business version. Mm-hmm. Um, up to those things, I think you can definitely do it on your own. You just have yeah. to spend a little bit of time Right. Pulling together all the information. But because all these software packages have these wizards that Mm -hmm. will take you through. So like if you know what you're doing, since I've been working with the software, I don't usually use the wizards. I go in and like manually do everything. But if you don't really know what you're doing, it will pretty exhaustively take you through. like
0: guide you through. Yeah.
1: Like is this a thing that's important or you have like do you own a small business? Do you have real estate investments? Do you have a mortgage and you pay interest? Blah, blah, blah. It will walk you through and and it's pretty, it's really Mm self-explanatory. Yeah. Worth it.
0: All right. Well, good, good luck on tax season, everyone out there. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into our discussion about health. So, all right. So kind of what do we think about when we think about health? Because there are, you know, many different types of health or different ways that you can think about it.
1: Yeah, I think, and you can tell me what you think too, but I think. Oh, I will. (laughs) Oh, I know you will. Um, in this household, I think we're pretty comprehensive in our mm-hmm. notion of what health is. So mm-hmm. most of the time, I think people would think immediately of diet and physical activity, mm-hmm. which makes sense. And that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. But there are lots of other things that go into it, obviously, mm-hmm. as well. So like social connectedness and community connectedness. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think that kind of can really support your mental health.
1: Yep. And, you know, when we were talking about this. You brought up preventative health. Mm-hmm. Which would include...
0: Yeah, we were chatting about that before we started recording. But preventative health, you know, getting your annual exams at the doctor and um, all the things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and even I would include in this like creative pursuits, mm-hmm. which lead to fulfillment. Because I really mm-hmm. think... I mean, I guess we're... Really what we're talking about is wellness, which yeah. is like this vague notion. But, right. you know, but it includes physical and mental health. It includes like the things you do to take care of yourself broadly, but it also includes social connectivity and fulfillment, sense Mm -hmm. of fulfillment. I think all that stuff is really important to having a fully healthy life. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are all things that we, I think, pursue separately and together. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's run through some of these things. Okay. Now we've talked about food in the past. So if you like listeners, you may visit episode 41. In which we detailed how we approach how we eat and how we spend on how we eat and all of Mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, But let's talk about these other things we just mentioned, Mm -hmm. as well as kind of how we invest in those things, either time or money.
0: Yeah, how it affects our budget.
1: Yeah. Preventative health is probably like a foundational one. Why don't you talk about that?
0: So I think there are probably two, there's two main components, I would say, to our how we're approaching preventative health. Mm -hmm. And one is physical activity and having a healthy diet, Mm -hmm. having that be our default, you know, what we're doing normally day to day. And then I think the other aspect of that are the annual well checks. Um, And I would include like um, both of us seeing a general practitioner, um, getting our blood work done once a year. Mm -hmm. I have a well woman exam once a year. I am going to the dermatologist once a year. I think I just I just made you get a dermatology appointment mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm. like a skin check. Yep. Um, we do live
1: in sunny Arizona.
0: Yes. And and part of that, I don't think I've talked about on the show. I am just getting so serious about wearing sunscreen and sun protection. Mm-hmm. And I it's not like we've been terrible previously. We've always, you know. Tried to wear sunscreen, especially when we're gonna, you know, be out and it's summertime and stuff. And but I'm just getting to the point where I'm like wanting us to wear it just every single day. Yeah. Um, and having each of us a a tube to carry you know, when we're out and about and reapplying midday, I just think that it's so, so important.
1: For sure. We are pigment challenged white people, so Mm -hmm. it's important in this area of the country. Um, Fun fact for me is that I'm 39 turning 40, which means my well visits will include uh, a prostate exam. (laughs) So exciting! In the future,
0: is that annually or just every few years? I can look
1: forward to that every single year for the rest of my life.
0: I think you need to you need to plan a special treat for yourself after (laughs) after that. Then (laughs) take take cigarette take yourself out. Yeah, for sure. No, not a cigarette. That would be so anti healthy. (laughs) That is so gross.
1: Um, I have never smoked a cigarette in my entire life, except when I was drunk in a bar and pulled one out of a random girl's mouth and took a puff. That's the only time that's ever happened. (laughs) Well,
0: I've never even done that. So,
1: (laughs) but it would be hot if you did. Um, only kidding. Sorry. I am all over the board today. Here we go. Back to it. Yeah. So now one, one, I guess, tweak I have as I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. it, physical activity falling under preventative health, health, not health. (laughs) health with a th at the end physical activity in preventative health makes it kind of sound like like that's a thing you're doing um to prevent problems Mm -hmm. but and which is important but the way i often think about physical activity is that it's like a an important fulfilling activity that's just sort of like a foundational part of how you live your life Mm -hmm. so like active commuting on on a bicycle for example Mm -hmm. is as much about preventing future disease related Mm -hmm. you know Problems, whatever, as as it is about just like making good use of your body and mm. you know, mm. um, being sustainable and stuff like mm. that. Yeah. So it plays multiple roles, but it yeah. is you know preventative, fundamentally.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I just, I mean, certainly exercising just makes me feel so good. Oh I, yeah, you know, it just. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, even just immediately after exercising, you know, you just have that like exercise high mm-hmm. and I can just tell when I'm in like in a good place, feeling really physically fit. I just feel like I kind of have a bounce in my step. I have the energy. Mm-hmm. I just feel like more even just confident in my body. Like I just feel good about my body. And
1: and think about all the ways that that probably contributes in, in in ways that you don't really think about, mm-hmm. like if you have muscular balance and you're better balanced overall and you feel a little more strength, like you injure yourself less easily. So you're, you know, down and out less often mm-hmm. and you probably feel sort of more functional. It's it's, you feel less fatigued when you're doing things like all those things you might not think about in the moment, right. but probably just help you function better throughout the day and just make yeah. you feel better as you do, you know, activities yeah. of daily living.
0: And I do think that then because we, are so used to this and have incorporated, you know, um, pretty uh, like moderate to intense physical activity as just part of our regular lives. I think we are really used to that. And I know that in times, you know, like for me more recently during pregnancy or right after I've given birth to one of the boys, when I'm not in kind of like that peak physical fitness, Mm -hmm. I do just, I can tell that stark difference. Mm, Like my body just doesn't feel as capable. Like I just don't have that same energy or like motivation to be like, to be physically active. And I have found for me, it's sort of a, a a positive feedback. The more I exercise, the more I want to exercise, the less I exercise, the less I want to exercise.
1: Um, you know, and I wonder too, I'd have never looked into this. I feel like I should know this if there was research on it, but when I, when I think you mentioned this too, but when we're physically active, we feel more compelled to eat better mm-hmm. and it's actually kind of easier to stave off the sweet tooth and mm-hmm. that kind of thing mm-hmm. without a feeling like we're limiting ourselves right. or depriving ourselves. But then when you're, or at least for me, when I'm out of being, you know, consistently physically active, it's far easier for me mm-hmm. to be eating poorly and they, they somehow compound and I'm not quite yeah. sure if that's like my own individual psychology or if that's, there's some connection there hormonally I, or yeah, what. But...
0: I feel like I've noticed that too. I, no. I'm not sure exactly, mm-hmm. exactly what that is but I have found that too just more motivation for eating really healthy and making those healthy choices yeah um but yeah I guess I was just gonna say that um yeah being physically active has more of that immediate benefit but then I also do just think about as we're you know slowly getting older Mm -hmm. that I just feel like the the longer we can stay really physically active I mean you can't be not physically active all your life. And then when you're 40, 50, 60, you know, make up for all that time. You mm-hmm. certainly c- can get in shape and have a lot of great benefits. But I, I do just almost think about it as like banking you know, mm-hmm. I, I hope just banking health for into the future. Yeah. And, and that motivates me a lot, actually, more and more as I am getting older.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Although it's it's definitely the case, like incredible benefits can be had if, you know, at any time in, mm-hmm. in life. But it is, it probably makes sense that, you know, you've staved off cellular damage. You actually can maybe sort of slow down the aging process. Mm-hmm. You have, you maintain muscle mass and, and bone mass more mm-hmm. the more you've exercised throughout your life. So... Um yeah, vitally important. But how do we fund all this?
0: Yeah, with dollars. With
1: our money. <laughs> <laughs> we pay for it with money in part. Mm-hmm. Um but the nice thing is some of our investments were one-time investments and now they re- we reap incredible benefits and mm-hmm. then other things we we pay regularly. So Orange Theory Fitness mm-hmm. is a sort of the backbone I think of our like true exercise. So yeah. the thing that we do that is we're moving, you know, outside of our day. We allocate this time to go be mm-hmm. intensely physically active. That's our that's our gym time. That's Orange mm-hmm. Theory of Fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us in our area, I know it, it varies place to place, but it's eighty nine dollars for yeah. eight times a month for each of us. So we're actually paying almost 180 bucks a month for our right. Orange Theory mm-hmm. gym memberships. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of a lot. We've definitely had much, much cheaper gym memberships, like half that or less. Mm-hmm. But I think we've mentioned it before. We've just never, both of us, found anything that we have found to be as enjoyable, as effective Mm -hmm. that we're able to commit to for long periods of time. I used to do spin class, which I loved. And I did that for years and would go really regularly. Having a class works really well for me. And I loved being physically active. It's a great workout, but it was just the same kind of workout, always biking. Um, I wasn't doing weightlifting and things. Mm -hmm. And so I do feel like I'm in better shape now, even though I'm doing orange theory twice a week and where sometimes I was doing spin class regularly three times a week, I feel like I'm in better shape now because it's just a better, a better workout. So it has been so worth it to us to spend the money on it.
1: I think like for all the things we just mentioned, general fitness and muscular balance Mm -hmm. and strength, like functional fitness kind of stuff, it's absolutely ideal for that. Mm -hmm. So for people who are interested in truly training, Mm -hmm. Uh, beyond just general fitness, it's probably not going to do that for you because Mm -hmm. usually when you're training, you need to periodize Mm. in times of more intense lifting, times of Mm -hmm. less intense and then more cardio and things like that. There are ways to plan that out so that you improve Mm -hmm. either endurance or like resistance training strength and stuff. Um, The Orange Theory won't do that for you, but because there's such variety built in in terms of the cardio and all the different types of lifts and things, Mm -hmm. um, it's just going to give you that awesome not even just baseline, but kind of higher level of, of broad fitness and functional strength. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we love it for that reason. Mm-hmm. The other major investment we made, which we actually have made years ago now, was in our bicycles. Oh, yeah. And I, I consider that to be the other like prong of our <laughs> <laughs> of our fitness regime mm-hmm. um, or regimen. And so we bought bikes the same year. I bought yours for Christmas. That was a gift for you.
0: Yeah, twenty. I think that's right. Yeah.
1: Dash then, was little. Yeah. And then I bought my bike, I think just a few months later. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so each one was about $450. Mm-hmm. So certainly expensive, but not like super high-end $1,000 road certainly bike kind of be stuff. could
0: much more expensive.
1: Yeah. But they're utilitarian, and we use the hell out of them.
0: Yeah, you especially. I mean, I I don't use my bike as much um, for utilitarian purposes. I love mm. going on bike rides, especially going on bike rides with the family and stuff. Yeah. You've, you've made more use of yours, like really commuting with it and yeah. getting around place to place. I try to do that here and there, but you're certainly much more committed to it.
1: Yeah. I'm, I am kind of a freak about it. If you read my blog, every other post is roughly about it.
0: <laughs> where you've been biking. Um, so let's see. I I then wanted to talk about just touch on kind of our like doctor's visits and preventative health, um, things like that, because mm. there have been a few things lately where I feel like we've been kind of paying more for those. Um, so we are very fortunate. We have really great health insurance, Mm -hmm. I think that is actually something else that could be a really significant factor in some people's budgets. We kind of touched on health insurance a little bit when we were talking about retirement in our last episode. Um, And anyway, health insurance, I mean, that's just a huge topic and, um, you know, many different factors. Um, We have great health care coverage through our employer. Mm -hmm. So we pay about $200 per month to cover our entire family. Mm -hmm. And that's really great coverage. We're aware of that and feel very fortunate. Um, And we do not have a deductible with our plan. We just have co-pays when we visit the doctor. Mm -hmm. And they're very reasonable. $15 for just a regular primary care doctor. And then $30 for a specialist. Mm -hmm. Um, This year, I've had just a couple of minor things that I've had to go see specialists for. Mm -hmm. I was having this persistent pain in my hip that I, you know, strained it or aggravated it from orange theory and ignored it for far too long Mm -hmm. until finally I was like, okay, I got to address this. So um, went to physical therapy for a while and every single visit was a thirty dollar copay, yeah. so those were adding up, and then more recently i've had my um annual visit to the dermatologist um, I did have uh I had a mole that they wanted to remove, so that was another copay visit mm-hmm. and I have to go back to get it checked so anyway, I think you know for the for the most part our like our health insurance is very cheap and we're not paying a ton but then I do feel like there's certain times you know or if the boys are sick or something and we're kind of like going more often suddenly kind of see a spike in those expenses yeah and
1: no, but I feel like we don't you know we're not hypochondriac like where no. we're you know constantly finding things that are wrong right. and going and getting it checked out yeah yeah um, and, and we're doing and, the things though that are um basic maintenance yes. <laughs> types of things because we we have that op- option and actually we're um we're in pro- a program right now that oh, yeah. actually kind of spurs us to do this. So there's That's this right. health incentive program mm-hmm. that our insurance company is offering through our through employer work, Yeah, and you can rack up points to, mm-hmm. by doing these things like, like for example, a dermatology, yeah. you know, check um, and having your well man or well woman visit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All that stuff adds up if, if over the course of the year. You earn 500 points, which I did last year. That's right. You earn $200. That's right. And so we're both doing that this year because, Hey, free money to just try to be healthy. Yeah. We're cool with that.
0: Yeah. It's very motivating. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. So a few of the things that are less easily kind of quantified, but I think are still kind of, are still pretty important mm-hmm. are social connection and community engagement. Mm-hmm. And you are the, you're the social hub of the family. Um, and you help me stay better connected than I probably would on my oh, own. Oh,
0: good. But it's
1: so important. I think um, we love the town that we live in Yeah, and we talk about that all the time, but um, it's, you know, we, we go to places and spend our money at local businesses as much as we can, um, restaurants and things like that. But when we do, we run into people who are the business owners, who mm-hmm. are our friends. And mm-hmm. we mentioned when we did our financial planning in December that it was just this ridiculous, almost sitcom-style thing, right? Where,
0: parade of people that we knew and
1: yeah, stuff, including our local farmer and the local like well-known businessman and mm-hmm. the people who run our favorite, you know, vegan restaurant, like all these things. Um, but that's just that. There's a real sense of connection and community Mm -hmm. that you get out of that and Mm -hmm. we i think we really value that yeah and then the other thing that again is not super easily quantified but we do definitely drop money into is creative pursuits Mm. including for example this very podcast that's right yeah um
0: keep it keep it going
1: yeah so we have you have two podcasts Mm -hmm. i have one we share this one (laughs) um we each uh run a blog Mm -hmm. and all those things require a little bit of money per month um, not a ton, but what, mm-hmm. what is it like 40 bucks a month or so? Uh,
0: yeah, probably so. Just between like blog hosting, um, some other, you know, kind of back in stuff. So it's not too much, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a little bit, but it's something that, yeah, we budget for. And yeah, I think that's so interesting that you're including it in health. Um, those are things that are really fulfilling to both of us mm-hmm. and yeah, it just feels, just feels really worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I think the last thing we wanted to mention is how we translate this for our kids. Cause mm. I think it's really, I think we're we, just like any parent, you know, mm-hmm. we try really hard to teach our kids how to eat well and these right. sorts of things.
0: Model healthy behavior.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But we also, I think our, I mean, we talk about physical activity a lot with our kids, like mm. use the term physical activity, which is <laughs> sort of funny, but, um, I, I think it's just as much as other defaults in your home, Kind of set the stage for how your kids think about life. Mm-hmm. Physical activity isn't a thing that's just ever present in your home, mm-hmm. so talking about it and engaging in it, I think, kind of makes it a thing. Like, oh, this is what people do; they're physically active as part of how they live. Right. Um, and hopefully, it becomes more of a default. And one of the ways that we support that default is, and I think I've mentioned this before, but we invest or we have invested in bikes for the kids, mm-hmm. even though they're ultra young. Right. And so Dash's little bike uh, is called a knock. That's spelled C-N-O-C from Isla Bikes, which is spelled (laughs) I-S-L-A Bikes. Um, It's a UK company. Anyway, that little bike costs $350, which you might be like, you yuppie. Dick, <laughs> like that's a ridiculous amount of money to spend. However, I wanted to ensure that he would be getting on a bike that he would have maximal success on. Mm-hmm. It's designed for a little body. It's mm-hmm. it's an awesome bike, and it will be passed on obviously to obviously to Cedric. Right. So it's already been used for a full year, and it'll mm-hmm. be used for many years more. Yeah. Um. But that like, but our family is a biking family. Mm-hmm. They love going on bike rides. Yeah. We bike all over the place yeah. in we the morning. Really,
0: we really do use it a ton, and yeah. um you know, almost thinking, I I think these things kind of do go hand in hand. We don't have a television and we don't do screen time. So we're not spending money upgrading our television, you know, things like that. And Mm -hmm. really instead we try to spend a lot of time outside going to the park, going on bike rides and things like that. And so that does feel like because we are able to fit that into the budget, that does feel like a worthwhile thing to really make sure they have good, good, good quality bikes. There's a lot of terrible bikes for kids, yeah. unfortunately.
1: Many, many very bad. It's worth uh, doing the research. I found a website called Two Wheeling Tots.
0: Okay, can you we link to in the show notes?
1: Will I will link to that? It's a great it's a great site. Helps you understand uh, what to be looking for for little kids' bikes. But that's such a good point. I. I I always feel like when I mention the bike that it, it does feel like one of those um, upper income things to do, frankly. Yeah. However, it's totally not because 350 bucks <laughs> is, you know, five months of a cable package. Hmm. And we don't pay for that. Or mm-hmm. it's like half of a, you know, mid-range to high-end TV that mm-hmm. people have, you know, mounted on their walls. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. So in not buying those things, we have plenty of cash to do to invest in like these one-time things of like a nice bike for mm-hmm. our kid to help support the notion that we just we bike to places we go as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And they love it, you know, and they've been biking independently, you know, since Dash has been biking since he was 3 mm-hmm. like on a pedal bike and mm-hmm. it'll be just sort of innate in them that that's yeah. something they can do. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. What
0: about um modeling uh I don't think we talked about this in our food episode very much, but what about modeling like eating healthy foods and things like that for our kids just in terms of health?
1: Yeah, Um, we don't push rules like you got to finish everything on your right. plates or things like that. I think what we do do is expose the mm-hmm. kids uh, as much as possible mm-hmm. to vegetables and try not to flip out mm-hmm. with the food waste that can come along with that. I try to <laughs> vacuum up as much food waste as possible, but it's not—I <laughs> can't get it all. Yeah. Um, but I think as a result, Cedric is still at a stage where he just doesn't care. And like, yeah. will
0: he doesn't even want it on his plate? Yeah. So <laughs> even know, like, the little, the little tiny floret of broccoli, he's just like, no, and yeah. just like can't even stand <laughs> it on his plate. So Whereas, we have to have a lot of patience. Yeah.
1: Whereas with our our constant exposure, and maybe they're just different. But you know, Dash eats broccoli and eats carrots, and he was just eating corn and soybeans this this evening. And yeah. so
0: Cedric will get there, but get there. we're we're definitely, um, you know, just lots of exposure, not mm-hmm. pushing it. And, mm-hmm. and I think I do think about for us, like just what, what we're eating, you know, eventually yeah. that will just become, become their norm. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's again, I think just creating those defaults that mm-hmm. everybody kind of conforms to over time. Mm-hmm. I think mean, that covers it. Okay. That's our healthy life.
0: All right. Yeah. That's yeah. Little, a good little overview. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to one big thing. You go first.
1: Well, since we're on the topic of health, um, I am in the process of applying for an internal grant at ASU focused on this very topic. And mm. um, it's looking possible that mm-hmm. I'll get it, which is cool. Um, but I'm working with a philosopher mm-hmm. in our School of Sustainability, and our project is focused on this very notion of of attacking the reductionist nature of how we approach health. Mm-hmm. This is actually my my main thing. This is what I'm writing all about in Mm -hmm. all sorts of ways but usually i think our our society has gotten to a point where we isolate how we approach health so we want to you know get healthier so we decide to just like totally overhaul our diet Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or we want to be more fit so we just totally overhaul or attempt to you know our physical activity so we join a gym and stuff Mm -hmm. like this um but my notion of health and wellness is far more comprehensive and so and we've talked all about this stuff but how Bikes come into it and our lack of TV comes into it and how we entertain ourselves and transport ourselves and even spend our money. All of that stuff is actually fundamental to our overall sense of health and and well-being. And so he and I are looking at how people measure health in interventions and what that actually inherently says about how we value health. Mm-hmm. And so running interventions related to diet and physical activity to try to lower you know, overall rates of BMI in a population. What that means is actually what we're valuing is body shape um, because we know that there's epidemiologically a connection between BMI and, say, cardiovascular disease. Mm. But that reduces it in this medical fashion. And that's not illegitimate, but it's just reductionist when health and wellness is far more comprehensive. Mm -hmm. And so I think it bleeds into society and then we approach health in the same way that researchers do, which is reductionist and Mm step-by-step, And we obliterate the more comprehensive notion of health, and I think that's, that does a disservice in terms of our own ability to make more comprehensive and far more healthful and more impactful change. I'm getting in my soapbox, but let me step back and just say that so we're exploring how to think more broadly about the model and then how that might be better um, utilized, I guess, like in interventions and how we write about it and think about it and approach populations and in tr- in trying to improve wellness mm-hmm. so anyway yeah that's that's kind of what we're doing and it's kind of exciting and, yeah. and uh, if we get the grant then we'll spend a year doing working on it
0: it's really awesome yeah uh so my one big thing is a book that i'm reading which is definitely just really <laughs> <So> feeding <awesome. laughs> into kind of what i talked about wanting to like simplify obligations and stuff and so uh, we have talked about that we've been super into like decluttering and the whole like tidying craze and stuff. I have found that to be just very impactful. But the book I'm reading that was recommended to me by some friends, it's called The Life Changing Magic of Not Giving an F. <laughs> <laughs> <U-C-K>. <laughs> I can't say it. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, it is, it's definitely a direct parody. I mean, just written in the exact same way as the life-changing magic of tidying up, but the, the message is just ringing so true for me. And it's really something that I feel like I've already been working on for a while. I do feel like I used to, um, maybe just kind of growing up or through college into my young adulthood would just feel such obligation you know, Mm. if anyone asked me to do something, whether I wanted to do it or not, that I would need to say yes, that I would need to show up at every event, you know, just all of these things. And I think I recognize that that was not, that that was bringing me more stress than fulfillment. And I do feel like I've worked to, you know, make my time reflect what brings me real fulfillment. But I think that's probably, it's something we could all, you know, it's an ongoing thing. And it's good to like check back in. And so I'm really liking this that it's just, it's funny, but it kind of just gives you a framework for thinking about it. She even goes through categories like let's talk about things you like may or may not give an F about, like first let's talk about things, then let's talk about work and then Mm. friends and acquaintances and then family, which of course would be, you know, the most difficult category. Um, Yeah, and so I've just gotten through that part, and then she's going to like have some strategies for not giving an F. Yeah,
1: and so have you, since starting reading this, have you shed some fucks from your life? (laughs)
0: Um, I think that it, I I don't know if I've necessarily shed any yet, Um, but it is helping me just... I think think about the things that I really do care about and, and like I am working on my lists. Like mm-hmm. here's the things that I really do care about. And then here's things that I actually really don't care about. Cause I do think that there'll be things in my life. And I think some of them come from scrolling Instagram, like from comparison that I've kind of talked about before, you mm-hmm. know, other people's homes, other people, what they're spending money on, what they're able to do. Um, and, you know, I think I need to recommit to the fact that I don't care about that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, or I want to not care about it. It doesn't matter at all. Awesome for them. It doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing and what brings me happiness. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just, it's like feeling good to kind of like check back in with that and kind of recommit to some of that. So I would, I would highly recommend it. It's really, it's like a real fun, it's really funny, but I think there actually is really good message in it too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to read it myself. Oh, nice. Okay.
0: I'll pass it on when I'm done. (laughs) Okay. So I think that's going to wrap this up. You can find show notes and all of our archives at loveandmatrimony.com. We would so love an iTunes review or rating. And if you would share the show with a friend or a loved one, and you can send us your emails at heymatrimony at gmail.com. And keep up with us on Instagram. I am Kels Wharton, and Chris is Practically Awesome Chris.
1: Enjoy your allergy drugs, everyone. I know I am. And remember to love your honey, not your money. Well, since we're on the topic of health. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Say that again.
1: Why try to be healthy if not to seek fulfillment? (laughs) See, I'm philosophical when I'm drugged up too. Did Buddha say that? (laughs) No, just an enlightened Chris Wharton.